0: A
1: chance for Conor McGrath.
0: Bernie, surely give it in, Conor. Oh, what a goal! Mackie <laughs> heading it towards the 21-meter line. Goal, Mackie, John. still going, your boy. Oh, oh, what, what a good. goal! <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to the throne.
2: If you look back in sporting history. We'll see that the Whingers and the Whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But we'll stick in your mind at the Champions who show car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. It's a
3: little
0: small change before the game worth the street.
3: I've <laughs> been a little oh, upset. a wild men. effort on goal! Oh, it's on oh, the goal! He will either.
0: Yes, you're very welcome to the Off the Ball GA podcast. Dave McIntyre and Shane Stableton reunited. Thanks to Oshin for stepping in last week. I was uh, away on other duties. All of our GA coverage on Off the Ball is with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsor, official sponsor of the GA Hurling Under 21 Championship. Keep up to date and follow hashtag Hurling to the Core. Shane, how are you?
3: Not too bad. Like the desert misses the rain. That's how much I missed you last week. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Indeed. It was. Uh, it was an interesting weekend of GA. I was at Croke Park on the Sunday, and I was in studio on the Saturday. And after Croke Park, I was listening to the various local radio stations who were providing live coverage of the qualifiers that were ongoing. Obviously, with my cabin hat on, I was tuning into Midlands and Northern a little bits and pieces of both. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed the weekend's GA, but it was just all meandering towards a fairly timid conclusion. ...on the back of the fireworks in Armagh on Saturday night until Jim Gavin stepped in.
3: Until he snubbed
2: you.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, he did snub me, among others. Um, We'll get to that in a moment. We're going to be speaking to Philip Lanigan of the Irish Daily Mail in a couple of moments about a really interesting piece he wrote on the back of Jim Gavin's press conference last Sunday... That some of the rhetoric coming from Jim about the rights of every citizen of the Irish Republic including freedom of expression Philip uh, had a particular slant a different slant on, on that part of Jim Gavin's conversation on Sunday afternoon we're also going to be speaking to Martin's story it's a huge weekend for Wexford Hurlings they look for their first Lancet title since 2004 they take on Galway on Sunday afternoon so we'll have a chat with him we'll also go through all the previews all the qualifiers we've ditched the cauldron of controversy because it was shit it
3: was um, it was There terrible. was no
0: other re- real reason for us doing it, but apart from that, and why would you need a better reason than that?
3: Uh, whose idea was it?
0: It was uh, it one, was one of our, a member of our production your staff. You're a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of hurling qualifiers and football <laughs> qualifiers to get on to, and of course the two big games of the weekend are the Munster Football Final and the Leinster Hurling Final. But we're going to start with a couple of talking points. And yeah. <laughs> no surprises for guessing where we are
3: starting. Yeah, we're starting with your story, which is your Jim Gavin story that he refused to do the one-on-one interviews with broadcasters.
0: I was uh, in the tunnel.
3: You were in the tunnel. Yeah. Did, you, did you go up and ask straight out?
0: Um, well, I asked Seamus McCormick, the media manager. Li- yeah,
3: media liaison. Why right? the blackout, yeah. Seamus, is
0: all I asked. Look, I knew we, nobody was getting anything. It suited me down to the ground. I haven't got anything out of a single interview I've ever done with Jim Gavin. So.
3: Surely he'll tell you that black is white, give you a smile and a head tilt to the side.
0: Although there's always the head tilt. Look, just it's not in Jim Gavin's interest to be giving me incredibly insightful one-on-one interviews. Why would it be? No, he's got like, enough on his plate trying to get this team to win All-Ireland titles. Uh, it's his prerogative, yeah, he's just, just to speak to me or not. I've no issue with that whatsoever. Orty certainly had an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail, but... My colleagues from Montrose were... Um, yeah, don't they think weren't, Rob, Robbie Irwin was too happy. They were a me. little upset. Yeah. Um, and They were at pains to explain the way that they had handled the situation on air to Seamus McCormick. Uh, and, and as Seamus and Jim said, you're more than welcome to bring your microphones and your cameras into the press
3: conference. Mm. You know what? If I was a GEA manager at this stage, when you have maybe four or five radio stations, a couple of TV channels, and you've got the print media... I think a long time ago I would have done what professional sports do and make everyone come in at the one time anyway. Imagine him answering the same question five or six times to different. You know, it's yeah. One, it's one I always thought go. that
0: they have to do too many, particularly provincial grounds where there isn't a a member of the GAA communication mm. staff there to monitor the situation. and Murphy was there on Sunday, but if you're at a a quali- Limerick Limerick against Kilkenny this Saturday in Nolan Park. Like Brian Cody's probably going to have to speak to RT, speak to News Talk, speak to Today FM, speak to uh, KCLR. I'm sure Live95 will want a word with him. Mm. He'll have to speak to the print guys. And he's doing essentially five or six interviews. I don't think it's fair of a manager of an no. amateur team to have to do that. Now, on the other hand, if you're a rights holder and you paid a lot of money to cover the GA, you are entitled to a little bit of face time with the manager. And that's what was denied uh, News Talk, Today FM and RT. now. Let's get the violin out. Nobody listening to this uh, yeah. podcast gives two rats or two two thoughts to how any of these radio stations or TV channels might be upset over this. But if anything, the story was that this was the story. It was mm. far better than getting an interview with Jim Gavin.
3: Yeah, and it's so it's so unusual for you to get a really strong opinion for him. For, just on that other point, if it's at a paid gig like where Dublin are launching their latest par- commercial partner and whatever, I do think anyone who comes out to it should be offered the opportunity for a one-on-one at yeah. that stage. So, anyway, that's that's besides the point. Uh, has Dermot Connolly's good name been attacked? Yeah, they went in heavy on him. Do you know? And that's kind of the lay of the land. It happens to everyone. It happened to Owen O'Gara a few years ago. It happens to Philly McMahon. And I know I'm just listing off Dublin players here. There was a
0: lot of nonsense, though, was there, spoken by Jim? Mm. I mean, he, he was basically implying that until the referee's report is made public, that no TV channel or radio station should be analyzing particular incidents from games yeah. <laughs> until the Monday when the referees report has been made public so the Sunday game and Sky Sports who carried the game live in their post-match analysis Sky Sports should not have highlighted this incident involving Jeremy mm. Connolly in alignment.
3: I was speaking one to, to one of the members of uh, Jim Gavin's previous backroom team before and he was saying that he never comes in and uh, doesn't think about what he's going to say so he would have pre-planned this so the question is what's, why? What's, what, yeah, what's he trying to do here? And it makes me think of Eamon Fitzmaurice last year when there was talk of an orchestrated media campaign by Dublin media heads. You know, whatever former players would have been talking in the media against the likes of Lee Keegan and then also against the perceived Kerry physicality. So that, that was kind of the commentary in the background. So I think Jim Gavin realises there's probably going to be something between now and the end of the season about Dublin. So he's trying to get out ahead of it now to ensure that he gets what he perceives to be balanced between now and then. And he is backing his players anyway. And inside the camp, it is very important to feel like our manager's got our back. But that's what I think, that he's just... this The ban has been accepted, but he's making a point now so people are less likely to come out heavily critical of Dublin because they know there's going to be a spotlight on them.
0: OK, so on the point that his players will have seen him backing them publicly during this press conference, I would have to disagree with that. Yeah? He was backing them, but in a really ham-fisted manner, in my opinion... I'm not sure the players would have looked upon that and just thought, you go, Jim, thanks a million, you really have our back there. I would have thought they'd be asking themselves, what is he doing? This story was dead. It was dead. There was absolutely no need to return to this. No need to put it back out there front and centre. And I'd love to get the thoughts of Dermot Connolly on what happened last Sunday because he was in a position finally where the incident was behind him he was able to put his head down and just try and get himself ready for what might be lying in in store for him later in the championship and suddenly suddenly, come Monday morning there he is the Dear McConnolly situation is back on all the sports pages on all the podcasts Mm. all the online publications and it's covered in ad nauseum by all the radio stations and Dear McConnolly must be thinking why Jim? why put me back into the spotlight again when the story was over?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I can't imagine he cares. I would say he pays zero attention to the media, and the only interaction he has with this story is probably the other Vincent's lads or his friends taking the piss out of him on the WhatsApp, if if that's the sort of character he is and they feel comfortable doing that. I can't imagine it being any more than that, and it's water off a duck's back at this stage. What player has had more scrutiny than him? Now, I appreciate what you're saying, and you're possibly right, but... I do think it comes back to Gavin just saying, I'm drawing a line, line in the sand here with, with people's commentary of our team, and that he's just trying to get in front of it.
0: But Even a couple of lines like, you know, Pat and Colm are both teachers, so they should understand when people make mistakes. Like, What does that
3: mean? Well, obviously... That's
0: a nonsensical thing to say. Yeah,
3: yeah. I know So I, just
0: because they happen to be teachers, that they shouldn't be focusing on an incident that took place in a game. To cue sky of wrongdoing by reading out the particular rule that what was raised within this incident involving Dermot Connolly and the linesman but like what even, is wrong with that
3: yeah like even though <laughs> I like I agree with you at the point that he's making a mountain out of a molehill here as well I still think it comes back to he's just making a point and drawing a line in the sand so
0: oh, we'll see if later in the summer and something occurs that this has come back to benefit Dublin or whether it's actually going to damage them we shall Ooh. see ultimately Dublin looked back to their best although how much you can take from that when you have to qualify the opposition they were up against and the fra- practically farcical opposition that Westmead produced so
3: harsh so harsh on, on Westmead that would have happened to probably I don't think it didn't 20. happen to
0: Westmead last year and it, w- yeah. and it didn't happen to the year before I know, and it didn't happen to Carlo happened, in the last round
3: but it could easily happen to 20 teams 20 different teams. I'm
0: talking... The last 10 minutes were... last 10, 15 minutes where it did look like that... Speaking to Tom Cribben, and he's always really good to talk to and he's mm-hmm. always very honest, said, I don't think... I, I accused... To him, I said his players had thrown in the towel. And he said, no, that's not fair. That didn't happen. But last 10 or 15 minutes, there was no opposition. I mean, a couple of the Paul Mannion points, maybe seven and eight. There was no pressure. He was just waltzing past guys. I know, psychologically, they were destroyed... And it's very hard to be critical of players in that situation. Uh, we were speaking to Doran Hart on the show before throwing, and he was part of the Westmeath team that was hammered in 08 and 09 by Dublin. And he says, look, there's just nowhere for you to go. You just want the ground to swallow you up so you can get out of there and try and put the whole thing behind you. So I accept it's an awful situation for these players to find themselves in. That's the Dublin talk anyway. Uh, Kevin Walsh came out in support of Jim Gavin this week. No surprise there. Certainly not a major friend of the media, Kevin. No,
3: definitely not. He has a bit of a media band going as well. James Horan, he also says that uh, Jim Gavin has created a situation that Dublin don't need as well. So there's plenty of support for what you're saying. I'll yeah, just I think
0: it's an unnecessary distraction, not unnecessary talking point. Dublin would have just made the way into the Leinster final and there would be no talk of this game. But in the end, everyone wants to talk about Jeremy mm. Connolly. And... We see the footage yet again and again and again of the referee, the lines of being pushed by Jeremy Connolly. um, Obviously, ourselves in the media would take a little bit of exception to not the fact that they didn't do interviews with us don't care less couldn't care less about that but the fact that he is suggesting we shouldn't be doing analysis of major incident games like obviously I work for Sky Sports so I'm a little bit biased when it comes to that particular TV channel mm. but what if Sky's post-match analysis had just not mentioned or shown any footage of the Dermot Conley incident you'd be hammered be absolutely hammered hold over the coals mm. it would be more anti-Sky bile as is some of the words that, that Jim Gavin used uh, well they're not even doing their analysis properly yeah. I was hammered on Twitter for not being more accusatory of Deirdre Connolly in commentary. So you can't win with some of these people. Anyway,
3: um, what's next? Loud's Ryan Byrne. He's after getting a 12-week ban for kicking a ball at an umpire. Now, I haven't seen footage of it. Again. I have. Is it Eric Cantona back when he was at Marseille? Is no, a bad I, level?
0: He, I don't think he meant to hit the umpire. Yeah. Basically, I, don't, I can't remember the exact circumstances whether a ball was played into when he was trying to keep it on the field and it ran over the end line or whether he heard, there was a whistle for a foul just before the ball arrived into him. But they were obviously struggling in the game and the ball goes over the end line and he just turns to the side and he just whacks it like a full kick along the end line. 30 yards, smack into the, uh, into the back of the umpire. <laughs> it's a reminder, I've seen in the past, you might see tennis players in a moment of peak, a real Ooh. moment of anger where they've... Um, maybe just hit the ball Then they pick the ball up and they just whack it into the sky or into the stands and I think it was Tim Henman actually sculled one of the ball boys and it was something very similar to that completely unintentional but this is minor physical interference with a referee or an official and like Dermot Ryan Burns has got a 12 week ban September now, the 9th there isn't the same Friore over it because he doesn't play for Dublin Loud were out of the Championship already so he's not like he's going to hmm. miss any major inter-county games and there certainly wouldn't be any appeal. And Ryan Burns doesn't have the history that Jeremy Connolly has, and they don't obviously have the profile of Dublin. So Dublin uh, people might say, well, why isn't Ryan Burns being hauled over the coals? Well, it was shown on the Sunday game. It was shown everywhere else, and he's been
3: banned for it. Yeah, and it's off-Broadway. It is off-Broadway, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's not that big. One more story? <clears throat> yeah, um, just Michael Quinlivan is going to miss the Tips Clash with Cavan he was very much badly missed against Cork once he went off and yeah it's a huge blow the selector um, Shane Stapleton my namesake says he won't recover in time and that they expected it and uh, yeah it's funny just but Because he's got the same surname as me, that selector. It's funny, last year when they were going on that run through the qualifiers, they obviously mixed up the emails. So they kept sending me their video match analysis. <laughs> so I was able to look at what they were planning to do before the Galway game or what the Galway wing back likes to do or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's the main reason I brought You didn't that. draw their attention to it? I actually did once or twice and said, look, you've got the wrong Shane Stapleton here. And uh, they just kept sending it to me. So obviously I kept go. looking at it. What so more could you do? Thanks for that, Liam and, and Co.
0: It's uh, we're going to get to the previews in a moment, but that's a huge blow for Tipperary. And um, if you think of where they got to last year, followed up with promotion from Division Three, they could be out of the championship by the weekend.
3: Yeah, it's just been so many injuries, yeah. and even Peter Atchison being gone. And it's it would be too much for a huge panel, like a really really strong panel, to take. But like you see with Tipperary, the fact that Kieran Bergen was with the hurlers a few weeks later, he's he's coming on in a monster clash against uh, Cork. Yeah. And you can see, even though he's a good club footballer, he hasn't had enough practice at this level and the ball was a bit of an alien object to him at times. So I I'm sure he'll be able to kick on, but... He might not get much yeah, of a chance a of this of a panel. I mean, if that
0: game against Cork finishes 30 seconds earlier, they're preparing for a Munster final this weekend in Kerry and they're in the last 12 of the all yeah.
3: And if they're a bit cuter, they would have just whipped someone down and made sure that Cork didn't go straight up the other end and yeah. get that goal. Yeah, where
0: was the cynicism when we mm. needed it? Um, we're going to Talk football, all the qualifiers, and the Munster football final next with uh, Philip Lanning of the Irish Daily Mail and uh, just have a little bit of a word about the piece that he wrote about the Jim Gavin situation. And we're just going to do that in a moment.
4: I got game, she got game, we got game,
0: they got game. Okay, time to talk uh, football previews, a lot of qualifiers to get through, and the Munster football final. But uh, Philip Lanning of the Irish Daily Mail has joined us. Hello, Philip. Um, we wanted to get you in to talk about the games that are upcoming this weekend. Thankfully, we resume some form of normality when it comes to the fixture list after what was a, a washout last weekend. Qualifiers gone on at 6 o'clock in the evening and on Sunday evening. and I just couldn't understand that. I know there was failure on in certain parts of the country. But we've an awful lot to get stuck into, as well as the piece that you wrote in the Irish Daily Mail on Tuesday. So a couple of days after the Jim Gavin event of Sunday at Croke Park. Um, I'm not quite sure the last time I saw Jim Gavin and LeBron James being mentioned in the same article, but it all stems from Jim Gavin's references to the, essentially the Irish constitution and the freedom of expression that's contained within, and you're saying it was it?
5: You talk about normality. (laughs) (laughs) We all expected the G.A. season to, to get back to some sense of normal, and then you had Jim turning a 31-point massacre, nothing to see here uh, you know, a, a, another brilliant performance from a dub's perspective everything you want to see um, turning it into um, another Dear McConaughey another episode in the, the Dear McConaughey soap opera and Along the way, quoting, you know, using phrases like freedom of expression. And just the weekend that's in it, I felt you know, their Dr. Harry Edwards is giving a talk at the GA Summer School on Saturday. And he is a guy, a sociologist in America. He's been, you know, he was the, the brains behind the, the Black Power 68 salute, the Olympics. And, you know, you've got a guy here um, who, you know, is talking about real sporting ex- freedom of expression in a very real sense and just linked into that he's a big basketball fan but LeBron James one of the global superstar uh, as part of the NBA Finals is able to sure. talk you know broaden the conversation beyond analysis of whether a player got. To, you know whether a player's finger touched a sideline official you're talking about serious issues it was a hate crime involving his own house um, so he was able to a sporting press conference involving the NBA on on the eve of one of the biggest events in the world, he is able to broaden the conversation into serious, very very serious issues um, and you're talking about his own experience, he referenced the, the brutal murder of Emmett Till back in 1955 and how he felt there's a social and historical context to what what he's doing in the game. So, like, these are serious, serious issues um, involving true freedom of expression. And, again, I just think the link of what Dublin were doing un- completely unnecessarily to kind of broaden this issue into a basically a freedom of speech issue and, and whether pundits on a Sunday d- game are entitled to have a say on video evidence just just this seems completely misguided. I,
0: I don't think anyone... Bar Kevin Walsh, for some reason, has come out and agreed with what Jim Gavin was saying at the weekend. Maybe, to be fair to Kevin, I could just be paraphrasing here that he agreed with the concept of backing the players in public... And saying that maybe some players are under the spotlight a little more than others and at times the coverage can be a little unbalanced. There's no question there at times the coverage across a whole range of mediums can be unbalanced from time to time. But I don't think Kevin Walsh is agreeing with the use of the aspects of the constitution when it comes to freedom of expression. I don't think Kevin Walsh is saying that certain incidents shouldn't be dealt with. Like Jim Gavin was essentially implying that the incident should never really have been dealt with at all on the no, Sunday game and no, the Sunday night.
5: And like Again, I just felt I don't see how this does the player, I think, putted the service when Dermot Connolly himself didn't want the issue um, brought any, brought forward. actually didn't want the initial hearing uh, at all. Was happy to take his punishment. I believe someone told me he was up to C sessions in Gall at the weekend. Like he wants to get on with his life. Uh, Shane doesn't
0: think Connolly will have an issue with this at all. I no, no, I disagree. I felt that Dermot Connolly would have woken up Monday morning and just thought, "What the hell was that about?" Yeah,
3: it's not that I don't think he'd have an issue with, it, but I would say, for the most part, he's just he is not going to be paying attention to the media whatsoever and bar whatsapp messages from friends who are comfortable to take the mickey out of the situation I don't th- I th- like I don't think it's right for him but I don't think he'll let it affect him massively any more than the than the actual ban knows but, but I, I think but,
5: but, idea, but again like why turn a 31 point win and, and again the the Dublin team, what they're doing is incredible on the field, and Jim Gavin clearly, the level of management that's going on is is just phenomenal. They're chasing history in every every which way. So why take all the the positive vibes, you know, from um, a you know, record breaking win and turn it into a situation where the management pretty much have been hammered for what for, for this for trying? People are trying to see the logic in. You know, taking the national broadcast, yeah, and doing aside. it in a
0: premeditated yeah. way. This it's was not something that was off the <laughs> Look, cuff. It wasn't an should. outburst. I don't think no. Jim Gavin does outbursts. No, so Shane, before we get into the game, Shane was saying maybe it's a, it's a thoughtful way of easing the narrative back in Dublin's direction if or when another incident takes place at some stage later in the Championship. Keep
5: the pundits in check in future because they know but that but they're going check, to in check, Splann has a column coming in the Sunday World. Colm O'Rourke has a column coming in the Sunday World. In check, this is just going to... Go on again. There'll be a there'll be a website follow up, a, a radio follow up. Yep. I'm sure the newspaper review on Sunday will be full of the response to I'm the response. Uh, And no doubt, O'Rourke and Brawley will uh, be writing about this uh, in the uh, Independent I mean, this Sunday. We're talking about like pundits being able to, you know, again, I don't agree with you know the personalisation at times. There is you know attacks on players' character, which are not based on 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 the field. But you know, this was. Uh, This was a simple view on on a video, uh, you know, a clip that was showed Mm. that was on a loop since it since it was carried live on Sky Sports. I'll
3: I'll ask you a question though, and like I agree with what you're saying, but do you think if another incident happens later in the summer? that pundits on both TV and possibly some of the celebrity pundits we see in newspapers will be slightly less inclined to go in hard on a Dublin player after what's happened this time with the likes of Splam being called out by Jim Gavin. I
5: wouldn't have thought so. I oh, no, don't think
3: any not. of these guys care there's what Jim Gavin he thinks. Ho- he's hoping that that <laughs> might be the effect of this.
5: I hear something, but what happens if Dermot Connolly actually gets back in the frame for an All-Ireland semi-final? Can you imagine now the the... Uh, the Ferrari and the dragging up of old quotes, r- remarks, everything. So that's going to become a soap opera, another episode. Mm. So how how if that happens and you'd expect a player of his talent to come back into the frame if Dublin gets a how How can that do the team any justice? And again, like we're talking about players where is the freedom of expression on real issues? It's not as if, you mm. know, there's plenty going on in the world but where have you heard a GA player talk about, like with so many teachers you know, there's P- serious P issues Cuts, you know, that teachers can't, that all the players who are involved can't help teams now because they're on a certain hour rate, there's no incentive. So there's, there's actually very serious issues going on where players should be talking on or could be able to speak out, and yet they're silent. And we're talking like if LeBron James can talk about social and racial issues, like here we are, you know, the, according to Jim Gavin, like the media can't comment on yeah. a, on a a f- simple footballer. Yeah,
3: there aren't too many Colin Kaepernick's in the GA. But to be no. fair, just like and I, I again, I agree with your point overall. Le- I suppose just for the sake of balance, we should point out that like said, so Brennan and Rory O'Carroll did come out with the vote yes vote no. So they did make you know. So it, it's what's rare is wonderful, but it but is but this very is the very point rare. That they're
5: actually those those that bunch of Dublin players are you know they're highly motivated, highly driven, um, successful guys in their own right, and there's links there with the with the seventies the Heffos crew in terms of how clearly there's a leadership group within them and yes we, we very rarely get that you know a lot well, when of the you get time, them outside
0: of the Dublin camp ex- exactly they there, are Dermud, very Dermud. thoughtful people yeah. we've had some really interesting yeah. bits with the likes of Dermot, mm-hmm. uh, Kino Sullivan Philly McMahon, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Flynn just over the last couple of months alone we're going to get into the games um, the clock is against us I'm going to give you a game each lad so and we'll get the qualifiers done first Leash Clare and Leash, Philip who's going to win this game and why
5: well trusting leash <laughs> is a dangerous occupation um, again they just uh, for the talent you look through the team the talent they have in terms of big strong mobile men football and they just it's consistently underperforming yeah, so the Kingstons and John O'Loughlin for these example these guys you think they are the prototype modern footballers they're big strong the Kingston is like a wrecking ball at times and yet as a team I don't think they've fulfilled their potential in a decade so I just, you know, Clare Claire are a perfect example of how to take a, a, a team that is actually performing to its ultimate on. Mm. So on that basis, you'd nearly fancy, um, just maybe fancy Clare. Yeah, mm. I saw Clare against Kerry. The only thing, um,
3: like in the Munster Championship, and Kerry went down to 14 men, we're about, were about four points down, three points down in the second half, and yet Kerry controlled the game and... Claire faded physically, like they absolutely fell apart in the latter stages of the game. But I would probably also go for Claire here. You this it is essentially
0: it is Division Two team. We get to Division Four team here. Like if we were talking about anybody else, not Leash, yeah. we'd be automatically tipping Claire. But because it's Leach, they're not really a Division 4 side, are they? Well, but they, they certainly shouldn't scores. be.
5: Well, they shouldn't be, but again, uh, yes. as everybody says, the league is, is your true level.
0: Yeah, and they got rid of a, a loud side that, um, you know, it was loud that Leash beat in the late, first round of the qualifiers, wasn't it? A yeah, loud uh, yeah, side I that we thought might be going places and scored 3-9 against me. They got promoted to Division 2 of the league.
5: But I, I, I saw loud against me, and even Colin Kelly admitted that they kind of, they they put their eggs in the in the league basket and, and against me they were you know they were taken apart in the final quarter.
0: Okay, Donegal Longford, uh, Shane, yeah, in Lungf- Cool Park, Longford the, the you know the giant killers of the qualifying era. This is a serious ask for them though, isn't it?
3: Yeah, like they've knocked out Monaghan, Derry, and Down in the last few years, but you'd imagine Donegal because it's not the six day turnaround that they will have had time to regroup after what was a bit of a pace and against Tyrone. Um, would you like to see Michael Murphy closer to goal? I would because if you if he sits back on his own forty five and and I'm more thinking in terms of when they're playing a better team further down the line, but if he's playing on his own forty five and and driving from there the other team can afford to push numbers forward because they know he's not up at the other end if himself and McBrearty are at the other end you know we've got to leave guys back so, which should allow you to min, win the battle in the middle
5: yeah well look Donegal this year was meant to be a kind of new fast paced attacking style to go with all the old uh, traditional elements so and there was none of that clearly against Tyrone. so I don't know, I think this is a big one for Rory Gallagher mm-hmm. in terms of how they're going to play, how they're going to set up. And the problem, I think, with even with the, like, the Ulster teams in recent years, when it gets to Crow Park, the style of football you need to beat each other and set up against each other, you get to Crow Park and suddenly it's a completely different ball game. So I think Donegal have to find a way to play with a view to, to playing in Crow Park. And not carry the ball into numbers like no, they did against no. Tyrone. Because and there will
0: be numbers there. Longford no. will. will have an awful they lot will. of men behind the ball this Saturday. But you'd
3: imagine they won't have the quality to actually... You know, make it count.
0: Yeah, it'd be great to see longer put in a performance, but I think this would beat maybe all of the the wins that they've come up with over the last few years. Like even the Monaghan won last year because it was the six day turnaround, and Monaghan were broken after those two games with Donegal. That it was very difficult for Monaghan to pick themselves up. But Donegal, as you say, have had a fortnight to get over what happened to Clonus this would be one of the great shocks of the qualifying it year.
5: It yeah. And I guess we turn to Longford for a bit of championship romance every year. And they always provide it. <laughs> yeah. There's not much romance left at the, the kind of top and end. Like, yeah, it's like so if there's one business. county
0: that constantly punches above their weight in the championship, it's Board Longford. Hold
3: up now. Longford haven't made a Leinster semi-final since 1988.
0: Longford... Are Longford? They're beating teams like Down. <laughs> all Monahan. teams are
3: all teams. <laughs>
0: you know, like they, they're doing to. Uh, they're upsetting a lot of counties over the last decade. Was oh, it the win in their last qualifying round? I think is the ninth consecutive first round qualifier win they've they've put together. Like they they know how to get a job done in the opening round of the qualifiers <laughs> at the very least. Um, meet Sligo stage. in yeah. Park Talshan. So if I if this was a Markovich Park, I think that we'd be looking at it in a completely different way. But it. Sligo do have to travel to Navin they are relying on that same trio of players Brehenny um, Marin. Marin and Kelly to get the scores and they still need the likes of Egan at, in, in the centre half back position to produce these incredibly good performances
5: Yeah and I think for me they're lucky right that home advantage is a bit of a comfort blanket after I guess it was like a systems failure the, the last day against Kildare like again after watching them against Loud the all the vibes were that the you know Andy McIntyre has made no bones about that the team are going to be f- super fit you know he's John mm-hmm. Cockle involved he's got the Chinese athletic background um, then you've Jerry the brother who who again said that the second element to what they'd bring is that the team is going to show real passion you know whatever about it's going to die with its boots on if that's the way it's going to go and those were the two qualities that were just so lacking the last day I'd say the vibes were good coming up to it the preparation you know if you hear from within the camp was really good but they were just so flat um, and again they, they were blown after about half an hour against Kildare and were cleaned out so, and, and again went, went down without a fight so this is a huge huge game for, for me. Now maybe just the, uh, the difference is the, the quality of Kevin Feely around the middle of the last day uh, um, uh, you know Sligo I don't think have that kind of player who the mark has been built around but, but this is a huge test for, for Meath
0: Shane can you see any possibility of an upset here?
3: Yeah, because Meaths haven't, you know, they haven't come out of Division 2, they haven't exactly set the world alight.
5: Haven't put a run in the qualifiers really together.
3: Yeah, so it's been year after year of mm. them kind of downward trend. so I could oh. easily see Sligo pushing them within a couple of points. Well, there's and no
0: pressure on Sligo here, Like no one well, expects anything forwards of
3: that them. that you named that Sligo have, when you've got goal scorers and Maybe they won't score three or four, but if they get one or two, there there mightn't be much in
5: it. But how do you go like Mead's big dilemma? How do you go from scoring was it twenty seven points yeah. against Louth? Well, uh, an open back door against yeah. Louth, like Louth are really to set a, up for to it. again, a failure. So just that lack of consistency. But the two scores they've
0: conceded against Louth and against mm. Kildare Sligo, their forward line must be licking their lips. It's just a question of how ambitious will Sligo be, but, and do they leave themselves open? Allow me to play the kind of football that they were able to play going forward at least against Louth.
5: Yeah, well, defensively, again, I think if you totted up the Kildare wides, you, you know, the scoreline could have been horrific mm. at halftime, mm. even for me. So there, there are too many chances being created for the opposition. So they've got to tighten up defensively. But I think the energy in it that was lacking the last day, like this, this has to be, you know, winner bust for them in terms yeah. of showing that the qualities that the two McEntees have, you know, traditionally brought and said they would bring from day one, like I think you're going to have to see them now. At the the weekend.
0: And before we get into the Munster final, Mayo, Derry, McHale Park. <sighs> Where are Mayo? Like, Ultimately they only fell to Galway by a single point, playing with 14 men for much of the game yeah. and couldn't get the equalising score in what, six and a half minutes of injury time plus a couple of minutes of normal time. They did create some chances. Uh, for me far too much was being read into it like on another day they could easily have beaten Galway by a point they would have been given the test that everybody felt that it was it was necessary for them to get yeah, going okay. into I'm, a Connacht final this this
5: idea if a 14 man team you know, I think again uh, had turned over a Galway team that were reigning champions for uh, what the entire same, away from home away from home if that had happened in another context that would have been hailed as an amazing sign of character mm. resilience courage under under fire and yet all these things that you know these are the qualities that may have supposedly lacked so i i I just do think that at the defeat though, they're vulnerable like that's confidence. The first this kind of first round of qualifiers is a minefield for a reason because just that confidence element until you build up the momentum. Like so many teams from Kerry in the past who nearly I remember they nearly got turned over on the road um, before. Like so many teams, yeah, they were nearly about, beaten
0: by Westmead yeah, a couple of years ago. Exactly. They were nearly beaten by Sligo in the qualifiers when they won the All Ireland to nine. Longford as well gave them a, a serious drinks. test. Now, you
5: know, so there was all like that, that, that was because that first bit of momentum. It's until like Mayo know mm. it's really only about Crow Park and of course it was Mayo charm. beaten
0: by Longford in 2010 yeah. John O'Mahony's last game yeah. so
5: I think the, <laughs> there's I Longford think, again <laughs> so th- this is this is the tricky one where like did, did they get to, think think to in Leinster that year so no it's the to the to 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 it's a tricky one like Derry again is it really tricky
0: though it's Derry the side that has not impressed anybody for a long long time Like
5: look at the league and they were he's in a pod almost the whole way through the spring so they'd be looking and saying well look seriously if down can produce a, f- a performance of that passion and you know energy and all the things But that Derry want, had
0: the opportunity to produce that performance of that passion against and Tyrone the, and it didn't happen.
3: Didn't happen yeah but. It doesn't always happen in day one either because down weren't amazing against Armagh either and it was a world apart from the Monaghan performance. The thing I'd say about Mayo is you know the way in the last couple of minutes the one really good chance that Monaghan had to equalise against down was uh, Drew Wiley and he hit a wild yeah, shot yeah, and he's yeah. probably the last player in the whole team you'd want yeah. taking a shot as well. Mayo as well they got the ball to Evan Regan and he even though he is a corner forward and a good shooter he's probably not if you were to say List five forwards that Mayo have. Is he the guy at this stage of his career that you oh, want on the ball? Are they getting the right guy at the yeah. right time on the ball? But like he, that's the patience yeah. that winners have.
5: You could see it a mile off. We're saying where get the ball to Killian O'Connor. Or yeah. Whatever. But even the only thing I think Mayo are good enough to win the All Ireland, or have been. But the only thing that is. To be has been killing them. is just shot selection, decision making under pressure at key moments, and that to take on those two shots was just the wrong mm. thing to mm-hmm. do. So, can you can you learn that process? Given that we've you know they've been at the this they've had that same problem for five mm. years. Yes. Or. So that's the big the big test.
3: Probably the main reason that Aiden O'Shea has got so much criticism too is co- so a couple of his shot selections in the All Ireland finals last year. Yeah, he was ambassador yeah.
0: for one in particular that yeah. near, barely barely uh, found the corner flag. So we are going for Mayo though, aren't we?
5: We are, we are, yeah. Well, yeah. We are. No romance to
0: see here. Um, Munster football final, so. Uh, Kerry against Cork, Fitzgerald Stadium, 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. We'll have Mark O'Shea down there for off the ball on Sunday. Uh, it's Cork have this one sewn up, according to Daryl O'Shea.
5: Yeah, clearly. It's Cork all the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, like he he has a point, like tipping Cork he'll be uh, he'll be cork the only man in Ireland, course. yeah, yeah. And Corkness has been trending this summer, of yeah. course, you know. But unfortunately if you took the parallel between what the the Cork tip hurling match and the Cork tip football match now, it's like watching two different Two different They're almost uh, counties, different sports as well. They? <laughs> whatever about different sports, like the cork, was wasn't to be seen until the, the very end game. But clearly, there is so much now. The frustration with cork is that there is so much talent there. It's the talent is 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 without. Is not in question. So the point to Dara is that at some stage, well, like everybody's expecting it to click, and just the con- the only reason you're looking at the team without confidence, you know, the leadership at the end, the last day. In fairness, was was great. That well, showed savage
0: that. backbone. I yeah. thought to come back from a first half in which you scored a point to having your leaders stand up kick the scores that were necessary to put you in a position to win the game then Tip get the goal and still Cork don't buckle they still come back but it would have been so easy be just to
5: scandal against Waterford. I yeah, know so, yeah. so at the start of the game all the things that we saw in those last five minutes uh, the world was waiting to see yeah. them at the start and it still wasn't but there. we were so queuing we up again. to
3: destroy
0: them at yeah. full time once they were out uh, once Tip had beaten them we were just getting ready to take this Cork team down and they showed real metal I thought
3: yeah, with the bullets loaded for them. and they only scored one point in the first half as well, which is it's pathetic, really, by intercounty standards. But yeah, you're right. Credit for for how they won. Now I spoke to Paul Kerrigan in a one-on-one piece during the week, and he was saying that they got slated for how they played against Watford when they won by a single point. But he said they had 15 men behind the ball, and just you know they obviously struggled to get through that. He felt it was the same against Tipperary in a lot of ways, and that both teams they had a hundred percent. Success rate with their own kickouts because the two teams just uh, just conceded the kickouts to them, so it meant that they weren't playing against a team like Kerry, who there's going to be a bit more of an opportunity to play football. Of course, in saying that. <laughs> there's the an awful lot of, more of a chance of being punished against ab- Kerry too
5: absolutely, like if Kerry get a run in you as Tipperary had the chance to just bury Cork the last time, so you you do think though, you look at Aidan Walsh again around around the middle, with the mark there So there's been players who've just cleaned up um, like again Kevin Feely, the he's just been a revelation from start to finish so mm. Aidan Walsh this the new rule should be built for mm. him yeah he was missing he was the last day and Alan O'Connor yeah. who were both back so the, if and the stats will show you now that if you can get a, um, a grip around the middle third um, and Cork clearly have the weaponry to do that well then you have a serious chance it's just <sighs> will they show will they bring that fire will they will Will they show have up they backbone well, they've clearly shown in bits and pieces, um, and Kerry, you know, a couple of what were we, A couple of years ago, Barry Fitzgerald. Yeah. You know, they should have won, won that game at the mm. end. That that match was gone. A lot has woods, changed but, since yeah. then.
0: Cork so have been relegated. Um, the 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 opportunity that is there for Cork that was is huge, isn't it? They're into the last twelve of the All Ireland. Mm-hmm. If they put in a really meaningful, creditable performance on Sunday, suddenly they could be one of those sharks in the qualifier draw that nobody wants to get that they could actually have a role to play between now and the end of the championship if they can gain some confidence from this game. A game in which there's no pressure on them. They aren't in front of their own fans. Everybody expects them to get a little bit of a trimming. And so if they really play well and make it a contest I and lose by three or four points...
5: Like another thumping by Kerry, you know? To, but to everyone's expecting that thumping. Not Dara. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it's going to be a f-
3: five in a row for Kerry in Munster. Like, that's... Like in modern standards, yeah. that, that would be horrific for Cork because yeah. even when they were being beaten in Crow Park by Kerry, they were always getting the odd monster title as well, which is good for confidence and not getting routinely beaten, oh, but not even making monster final ch- This last is
5: year. a Kerry team that's supposedly almost <clears throat> in transition the last five years. You know, the, the, this Kerry team, their strike rate the last five years compared to the, the previous decade is way below. Mm. And yet this is the, the previous Cork team were able to live to live with Kerry all the way, so, so it's not as if Cork are, are up against Mikko's greatest mm. team of all time. So that's uh, to
3: be fair, now, like, and I know it's uh, like Clare aren't an all-Ireland challenger, but just the way they played against Clare, like Paul Ganey had been sick in the week leading into it, but there was still like there was signs like that he's classed. It James was very mature play, wasn't it? Looked class.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know who backs was best. I mean, ahead of Cork, live with that. Who do they put on him for a start? Do they detail um, one of their best defenders to mark him, and then? Put somebody in the sweeper role, maybe two sweepers. How many Cork players are going to be back? Will they play their entire half forward line in the Cork half of the field for most of the game? Do they just try and restrict Kerry and keep themselves in the game heading towards the 45th, 50th minute?
5: But this is the point again. Like, You know, you have a very good idea how Kerry will play. Mm-hmm. Their shape, their structure, their identity. You know if they play, if they're up against a defensive team, they'll still set up in a way that's clearly recognisable. Like what, way will, what way do Cork play?
0: No, we don't really know at the we moment. But
5: they don't, you know, in the last couple of years, they don't, they've been mismatching styles. They just haven't been comfortable. And again, the, the, just the comparison to the hurlers, the, the sense of identity with how they've, they've found themselves again in terms of the way they want to play the game, their confidence in their players. And with Cork, you just sense that it, it, the potential is there, but it's still... It's still too confused about where, what they're trying to do.
3: One other thing though is is the last couple of years they have had a huge amount of injuries and uh, uh, yeah. something I was talking to Kerrigan about was he was saying that the last day of the 34 people they have on the panel, 33 of them were fit and the other person just had you know an impact injury on their foot which you can do nothing about. So it should be a very different proposition to what we saw last year.
5: Yeah and like the, you look at Kerrigan and you talk about leadership and bottle and talent and everything and, and guys like that clearly have it so you know it it is it is there it's just I think if if they can't produce it in a in a Munster final against Kerry well then you know I think that's there there is no chance in the qualifiers and like Dave you're talking about off they can be creditable but they're not going to win the All Ireland mm. so it, it has to be about more than that you know the only thing that will redeem this season is you know the shock
0: a start for Cork is absolutely crucial isn't it they need to be maybe ahead an early goal for example would be great for them just to give them something not to hold on to but a little bit more self-belief because I'm sure the conference is brittle right now it wouldn't take much in terms of how Kerry started the game for the Cork conference just to fritter away completely
3: Yeah because uh, Cork are not going to be allowed walls through for a goal if they need one the way they mm. were against Tipperary and you know a Tipperary team is shorn of some of their better players
0: If they do win the game you're thinking it would be like 112 to 111 Type of very it's probably
3: not going to be a shootout
5: because yeah, the best forwards are on the Kerry side. Again, do you see them coming from behind? Like they, the brilliant character the last day against Tipperary, but Kerry are so much more ruthless. So, I'd agree. You know, a good start, um, dominate the midfield early on, put the pressure on Kerry. You know, uh, inside back line and that's the. I think that's the only way they'll they'll have a serious chance in this.
0: Okay, Phillips, great having you in. Thanks, William, for joining us. Um, myself and Shane are going to preview the hurling after this.
4: I got game, she got game, we got game
0: OK, time to talk, talk hurling. We've got the uh, first round of the hurling qualifiers this weekend. A couple of very interesting games. Offaly Waterford over Tip Westmead, Dublin Leash, and maybe the game of the weekend, as far as the qualifiers go at least, is Kilkenny Limerick. And then, of course, all eyes in Croke Park, Shane, on Sunday afternoon for the Leinster Senior Hurling Final. Galway-Wexford, four o'clock throw and Tommy Walsh will be there for us on Sunday afternoon to look after off-the-balls analysis of the game. We're joined as well by Wexford legend Martin Storey. Martin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. What is the vibe like in Wexford this week?
2: It's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's, it's from my days when I was playing. It's absolutely lovely to see hype again. And the main talk around the county is, are you going to the match on Sunday? We haven't had that now for a long time. You're talking maybe, you're talking the of 15 years. Like, you know, and that's a generation of children that have never seen Wexford play in park. Like, you know, I mean, it's huge. You've 18-year-olds that I haven't seen... Wexford play a championship match maybe in Crow Park, like, you know, so it's, it's lovely, it's absolutely what it used to be when I was growing up, like, are you going to the match on Sunday, and it's lovely to hear that again.
0: We're hearing possibly between 50 and 60,000 up at this game, like this, there are all Ireland semi-finals that wouldn't sell as many tickets, and, and I'm assuming it's, it's Wexford that are providing the bulk of that, half the county must be travelling up.
2: Yes, but I was talking to, I was talking to a woman yesterday up in Dublin and she's a Galway woman and she was saying that they were queuing for an hour and a half to two hours as well to get tickets, so I think it is in Galway as well.
0: I guess it's such a novel pairing, isn't it Shane, that Wexford and Galway do not have a championship history really to speak of. There's generally a 10 to 15 year gap between their championship meetings and, and this has just got the real sense of a, a pairing that we don't have any familiarity with.
3: Yeah, it's interesting that since uh, since Galway joined the Leinster Championship in 2009, Wexford haven't been to a final. Now of course that's coincided with Dublin improving as well there for a long time. But if I was a Wexford person, I'd possibly be kind of gunning for Galway because they're one of the teams that have kept me down in that time. Um, I saw Galway play against um, against Offaly the last day, and Offaly operated with two sweepers. And uh, there was an op- there was an opportunity there for Wexford, because Galway pushed up. We know Wexford are going to play with the sweeper, Sean Murphy. Galway will probably push up on him, but they leave a little space in behind. And there's Offaly could have scored four goals that day if their touch had to be a, be a bit better. And we know with the pace that Wexford have in that forward line, with the likes of Leach in, Aidan Nolan coming through, Harry Kew, and Jack O'Connor, that there are definitely opportunities there for Wexford to get goals. And if they get goals, it could be like the 2013 Leinster final where Dublin just eventually destroyed Galway because, you know, a couple of goals cracked their confidence.
0: Has it been difficult, Martin, to stop or to even try and de-escalate the, the expectations that are now been put on the players in this team. That there's just seems to be so much hype around what has gone on. Pretty much since day one, when they beat Limerick in the in the league, and then followed that up with the win over Galway, and essentially had promotion in the bag after two rounds of the league, bringing it all the way through the wins. The two wins over Kilkenny, and it. I would imagine it almost seems suffocating down there now that Wexford, among some supporters, has almost been talked about as all Ireland contenders. Is there, is there a real temptation to get to let, be running away with yourself?
2: Absolutely. I mean and and with out in the world so people are running away with themselves. I mean I mean I would I would take a reality check because of the disappointments I've had in the past for playing and since I've retired that that hope comes every year and then it's just busted and you're getting into the car driving home from that match and you're absolutely gutted. I mean and do you know what I mean? The old saying one swallow doesn't make a summer well I suppose we're looking for something so badly in Wexford, so we're latching on huge and big time two days and i mean there has been a huge improvement let's be real about it there has been there has been a huge improvement in consistency, and I mean we've lost one game since David Coyne, which was the which was the league semi final the Tipperary so I mean some of the expectation is warranted, but not but not the Not the contenders, maybe all Ireland and that sort of a thing. I mean, to me, steady progress getting to the Leinster final is big. Is big. I mean, if we could win a Leinster final, it's huge. To me, that's that's job done for this year. And after that, would be absolutely and completely bonus territory. Because I mean, you have to take small steps to get going. Like you know, and I mean, we haven't been in the firing range or in the in competition. To be putting ourselves in a position to have any chance of winning, Celtic in the last couple of years. So now we're in a position to do it, and you just have to take it. to you know, try and keep the expectation and dampen it down, and, and keep it real, like you know.
3: Martin, in recent years, 2014 and 2015, you were beaten by. There was a bit of a frailty there that you, you lost early scores and lost by 24 points to Limerick in the championship, and then to the same to Kilkenny. Waterford. Uh, no, you beat Waterford, and then you lost to Limerick in the quarter final. By twenty four, yeah, and then
2: Waterford annihilated us the following year. Oh,
3: sorry, yeah, 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 correct, indeed, yeah. Um, but this year, you know, you, you've we've talked about the Galway game from six points down, winning there in the league, conceding a couple of quick fire goals to Tipperary, but not giving up and pushing them till the end. Two quick goals for Kilkenny as well. So there seems to be a lot more resilience this year. And is that down to Davy Fitz, or what do you think it's down to?
2: Well, it's down to both Davy Fitz and it's down to the players. I mean, I'm a firm believer that when you cross the white line, management have very, very little say on the matter. I mean, they can make a couple of switches here and there and bring on a so, But other than that, if the players on the field don't stand up and do the job and they make the changes that's needed during the game, it doesn't happen. Like, you know what I mean? Management can't make players change during the game. Players make players change during the game. And I just think that there's a bit of self-belief coming in that... We're putting in the same as everybody else, and if we if we keep digging and digging and digging, well, maybe we will get the rewards the same as everybody else. And I mean, Cork has Cork has opened up this year after beating all Ireland champions at the beaten tip in the championship like that. All of a sudden, everybody can realise: if we get if we get ourselves right, we are in a position to do what Cork did, and we have done that with with Kilkenny, and that's given the lads beaten them twice given Wexford super confidence and super belief in themselves. Now, that's not a reason to get carried away, and I don't think David will allow that. I mean, it's unfortunate for Wexford that when we're possibly or probably or maybe near enough the best team in Leinster, there's a Galway team in it to try and win a Leinster title, mm. you know? Yeah. It's ironic, nearly. <laughs>
3: Like a few, I'd say about five years ago, um, I played a challenge match with Kula against Owlert and you were, you, I think you were over Owlert at the time and, um, you were, you were talking afterwards, you, you beat us badly, and you were talking afterwards about the values of like 40 yard stick passes and switching to play and keep moving and all that. Are you happy with the way this Wexford team is playing? Um, do you like the sweeper system? Do you think the balance is
2: right? No, I'm not, I'm, I never was a fan of the sweeper system and I never will be. But the modern game has changed. One time it was hurling. And it was pure and utter hurling. And if you were going down the middle and you were going through, you were taken out of it. Right?
3: Yeah.
2: Now it's a sweeper to stop it, rather than leaving them gaps open, that that you can get a runner from the midfield or a centre-forward or a wing-forward on an overlap going straight down the middle and getting a goal chance. The sweeper has sort of put stop to that. And and I suppose there's a lot more now of, of, of cynical fouls you know, pulling the fella down just and, and stopping the opportunity. Whereas years ago, it was you got a hell of a clatter, like, you know. Yeah, it was, it was a different type of, it was a more of a man up, a man up thing, rather take him out of it, rather than, you know, pull a sly foul, fly, fly, like, you know.
3: Mm. And in this game I can imagine uh, Liam Ryan playing full back and maybe Conor Whelan in there and Galway trying to isolate them maybe Sean Murphy in front. Liam Ryan easily could have got two yellow cards the last day for the sort of cynical fouls that we're talking about. Can you see that being one of the big matchups here that that uh, they'll try and isolate Conor Whelan inside or do you think Galway will just go 15 with the traditional formation?
2: I think Galway will back themselves to go to go at our defence, I mean, they have sort of done it all year with the with the way they're playing. I mean, they put thirty three scores together against Offaly. They won huge in the in the league final. You know, they won huge against Dublin. So, I think once you're on a momentum and things are going well and you're building and it's looking really really good, why change? It? Why change it when it's not broken? Why why try to devise a, a different system for Wexford? I mean, like. Galway have, at the moment, they probably have the, the strongest six forwards midfield and they go after strength without him on input. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're not the teams that you will say anymore what Galway team is going to turn up. I think you can get rid of that. I think this is Galway team. It's the best Galway team since the Joe Cooney's and the Pete Finnerty's and all the lads, the Hoppers and all them and the... In the late 88 87, i think they're coming to that sort of a level as we call it as you know that consistency is there and the other thing i noticed in the last few matches during the league final and the last two championship matches we if the score the goal head down straight back out do your job no celebrating no over the top nonsense no it looked like we're not happy with we're not happy with, with, with that i think they're sending out so Wakeford will have to be ready for a huge, 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 I think, onslaught on Sunday.
0: Do you want to call it first, Martin? How do you think it's going to go?
2: Well, calling it, I would absolutely would never, ever, ever call against my own county. But if you're looking at development further down, match practice further down the road, and it's Crow Park experience way further down the road on it. So my head would tell me, my head would all, would tell me that Galway in a better position to win this than what we are but my heart tells me Wexford.
0: Okay Martin, listen uh, I guess that's probably a fair assessment of it. The heart's saying Wexford you never know they are going that well. Well look at
2: in a two horse race anything. Anything. Exactly. Look at the upset look at the upset with Cork and look at the upset with Cork and Tip and then everyone said to so Waterford it's going to beat Cork. No, like you know what I mean so hopefully we're the new Cork and Leinster.
0: <laughs> okay brilliant Martin thanks so much for talking to us.
2: No matter, my pleasure. Thank you, Martin.
0: Yeah, we were going to talk to Martin as well about the Limerick-Kilkenny game, but um, the line is not great. So uh, we'll just have to do that ourselves, Shane. Limerick-Kilkenny is the pick of the qualifiers. It's in Nolan Park. We've seen some absolutely brilliant qualifiers in Nolan Park over the years. Uh, How do you think this is going to go?
3: Yeah, you'd have to back Kilkenny first and foremost because... And most especially if they have everyone right. Now, I, I've been trying to get, uh, wheedle a bit of information out of my moles in Kilkenny, and they're saying that the team, pretty much everyone, is available. So if we take that as the truth, then we're going to have Porrick Walsh probably back in full-back. You would expect Michael Fennelly, perhaps, to be in midfield, who is the kind of the kingmaker of this team. Maybe Richie Hogan will be flying again. And obviously TJ Reid is there too. So you've got three hurlers of the year. Porrick Walsh, probably one of the best hurlers in Ireland. So they're still if they get their best fifteen out in the field, they're still an All Ireland challenger. It's a long route to go, but uh, Limerick have been really watery in games. Like they were so. What watery. is Limerick's problem? They seem to be in a perpetual state of rebuilding. You know, every year we keep hearing about oh they've good under 21s good minor teams, and they win an All Ireland or or what or get to an All Ireland final, and then where where are all the players that were about to establish themselves now? the plus point for them is they do have Dermot Burns back who was really impressive last year probably one of the only lads who stood up when they were knocked out by Clare and Gerard Hegarty should be back as well he looks like someone who could, who's a real find, really strong rangy forward who, who can carry the ball well and has a goal in him obviously Keane Lynch is there as well but you know when it comes down to it who are the best players on the field Richie Hogan is TJ Reid mm. is Michael Fennelly, if he's right, uh, Parag Walsh is, and uh, and Killian Buckley as well. So it's hard to go against Kilkenny. But what I'd, I, I'll i throw at you is, and you've been to plenty of the games, I'm sure, is Cody, is in a, in a way, like I love watching him tactically because he always tries something. We saw Parag Walsh going centre-forward the last day. Is he, is he struggling now because he doesn't have the amazing panel he had before where you can almost throw them out and on, on autopilot they'll win? Last year in the All-Ireland Final, he didn't change things around when it was going really badly at the back. We saw what happened against Wexford. Is, is he, and Owen Larkin said that they were non-existent on the line in the league semi-final against we- quarter-final against Wexford. Well,
0: what manager wouldn't struggle <coughs> when you lose Delaney, Tyrrell, Tommy Welsh, they're Henry still, Shefflin, Eddie ha- Brennan, like all these guys who are... Up there with the greatest hurdlers Kilkenny have ever produced, and you lose them all within a four or five year period. So, no, I don't see what manager wouldn't struggle in that situation. I do feel he just doesn't trust his bench when he looks over his shoulder and he feels the need to make a switch. And I think that was relevant during the All Ireland final again, like the second half against Tip, and then against Wexford in that league quarter final, that he just doesn't really see. What will dig the side out of the hole that they're in when he looks over his shoulder, and that's a major issue for any manager in any code at any level. Now, if the guys come back that you've been mentioning there, if they bring Fenelly back in, well, that automatically the bench is thre- is strengthened. But there are some guys who just seem to have vanished off the face of the earth, like guys like Joey Holden, guys like uh, John Joe Farrell, where these guys have just gone from really. Uh, solid roles within the panel to not being trusted to come off the bench
3: mm. they have they still have 12 all-stars um, in their ranks and they have three hurlers of the year so you certainly can't say that they don't have huge threats in the team like, what would have been said about Joey Holm for a long time is people are, were expecting waiting for him to be cleaned out you know he is a very good hurler but against James Callan last year, obviously he had an incredibly tough time.
0: No protection though. No protection. I mean, the, the full backs has been hung out to dry. Yeah, and this and is... Where's Shane Prendergast? Why isn't he part of the team?
3: I thought Shane Prendergast had a very good All-Ireland final last year's in spite of the massive, massive pressure he was under. He came out with an awful lot of ball in 50-50 situations at very best. And I can't really understand him not being in there. But Cody is chopping and changing all the time. And the big one is, and I know I've mentioned it before, is that he's disassembled his half-back line, which has always been his platform. Killian Buckley has gone to midfield, who had had a couple of great years at wing-back. porrick Walsh, you know, just by by dint of needing someone at full-back, has gone from the other wing-back. And um, he's struggling to decide who's going to be centre-back either because Kieran Joyce isn't there anymore. So he's moving things around constantly. And, you know, I mean, you need to settle on a team fairly quickly, especially (laughs) when we're already towards the end of June.
0: It's a nice one though, isn't it, for them to pick themselves back up. It's at home. It'll be in the evening. I don't know what the forecast is like, but you'd hope the weather's half decent. And it's against a side that you can't just automatically write off. Like, it's not against one of the minnows in the qualifier draw mm-hmm. that will have virtually no chance of beating Kilkenny. So at least Limerick, to some extent, focus the mind. But can you, in any way, put together an argument for a Limerick win? Uh,
3: you can. If Kilkenny continue to play like the way they have been playing, because they were... They lost by was it five or six points against Kilkenny in that league quarter final, or to Wexford, but they should have been beaten by ten or twelve. Mm. They lost to Kilkenny or to Wexford again in, and they should have lost by far but more. But they did create an awful lot as well. They did, and they will isolate uh, Colin Fenley inside. You'd imagine, and maybe if if Richie Hogan is right and can play centre forward. And you know, is fit because he has three bulging discs in his back. He's not, he hasn't been himself this year. So, if they could play TJ Reid and uh, Fenley inside and isolate them to some degree, if Limerick are naive enough to allow that to happen, then they'll probably go to town. And you mentioned the weather forecast. The last time they played was that All Ireland semi final in 2014 in monsoon like conditions. Yeah, one day. of the great games. That was amazing. I, were you at that game? I was, yeah. I was yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Soaked to the skin. I was in the press box, and sometimes when the rain is coming in sideways, you're getting drowned in the press box, even though you've got the huge um, stand overhead. But the thing about that is, it just seemed otherworldly. Yeah, it was epic. Yeah, it was like, I was down at the Skellig Islands recently, and you look from one island over to the other, and you're like, this this doesn't actually look real this looks from a different planet yeah. and it was just it was from a different planet that sort of uh, it was kind of you, you felt like this is
0: this is the last hurt game of hurling that will ever be played the last Almost a, apocalyptic will, yeah. and it was uh, a game that let, Limerick left behind them I mm. mean the goals games the old cliche was never was it more Richie true
3: pa- Richie Power coming on that day changed changed the game yeah. as well uh, they don't have too many Richie Powers left over in the Kilkenny panel even actually as it happens his brother left the panel his brother John left the panel through lack of game time
0: Another name that you would think would be playing a major role given some of the legendary figures that have stepped away. Look, that was a Limerick team that had won a Munster title, that's had some really good players at the peak of their powers. They haven't kicked on from that at all. Mm. They've since been beaten by Wexford in the Championship and they have got gone down to Division 1B. They haven't shown any inclination to get themselves back up to 1A. I just cannot see them. It'll have to be a performance that we haven't seen in two and a half years.
3: Well, my issue is if they they continue to play Declan Hannan, centre-back, Like he's a brilliant hurler, looked like he was going to be a generational type player, he he looked that good, but he's playing centre-back, and when I think of centre-backs, I think of really physically imposing players. Ronan Maher is one example, and uh, Taig de Borca is really imposing as well. And I just don't see him being that sort of player. I see him as a beautiful hurler and I think he should be up in the half-forward line. Remember even that, um, there was a possibly that same All-Ireland semi-final against Kilkenny. I think I gave him Man of the Match in the Star newspaper because he'd scored four or five points mm-hmm. from play against Kilkenny. So the potential of, in this guy is huge. Why put him centre-back? I don't really get it. I, I'd like to see Dermot Burns come in at centre-back if he's flying, and uh, throw Hannon back up in the forward line, maybe put Shane Dowling full-forward. I don't know if he has if other positions suit him as well as full-forward. He's got a goal threat. Grode Hegarty in around the goal as well Keane Lynch buzzing around midfield and the half forward line there's a lot of potential there like the shock isn't it's not out of the question but it's just hard to go against Kilkenny
0: yeah very difficult and it's kind of hard to go against Waterford and Tipperary this weekend as well Tip hosting Westmeath it's going to be one way traffic and we'll probably learn nothing from Tip
3: probably not but they do, they do need this game because twenty thirteen when they went into the qualifiers they got Kilkenny away straight away. Mm-hmm. And I saw Brendan Cummins writing about it where everyone just started looking at each other with that knowing look of oh God and they had lost to eight, by eighteen points to Kilkenny the year before. Um for Tipperary. It's just important to get back on the road again because they were they were so open against Cork, really naive. And um like even if they stutter somewhat through this game they'll still win it by double digits Uh, the thing with tip is can they get over all these marginal losses they've had all year to each player like Darren Gleeson's obviously had that court case and the suspended sentence handed down during the week Cahill Barrett's been dropped off the panel but and he even had an ankle problem before that Michael Call's had injury trouble Uh, Porik Maher working nights with the guards for the first time Jason Ford suspension, army duty for Banner Maher, Shams Callan broken thumb. So a lot of that adds up. Mm-hmm. You know that definitely adds up to a couple of points against uh, against Cork. So they need this first step back, and then hopefully build momentum. What I'd be wondering is, do you bring Cahill Barrett back? Because he's obviously had there's been there's been an issue off the field. Obviously the manager has decided right enough is enough. You're off the panel. If you were a manager, would you bring him back so soon? I mean, he's not—he's not fit just yet, obviously. Yeah, it depends what.
0: What will it do to the panel? What will it do to the next time you have to dole out a little bit of discipline? He's a mm. quality hurler, obviously, and we don't know the ins and outs exactly what it was that he did. But I don't know—it's a tough one. Is he one of the—is he one of the best hurlers in the country? and One that they can't do without?
3: He's definitely one of the best hurlers in the country, and cornerback is a position that Tip are not fully stocked in are stacked in at the moment. Um, you know, a couple of players have have retired. Um, John O'Keefe look has he was really good against Kilkenny in the league um, at corner back, and a lot of that is down to the fifty fifty ball that's been hit in. Cork played so differently; they play a lovely ball in front of the corner forward, and they've got really pacey corner forwards. He had a tough day. Michael Cahill hasn't physically looked himself this year, so specifically because it's this position, okay? I think Tipperary are going to struggle to win an All Ireland without him. But yeah, what does it say to the panel if Michael Ryan has made this massive stand? For and just because things have gone against you're us. gone, and then you're back, or does everyone kind of just kind of look at each other and realize, look, if we're going to win in Ireland, yeah. we we'll probably need this guy. Maybe that else. would be yeah. the case.
0: Another team that has to just get back on the horse, get back on the road is Waterford. They're at O'Connor Park to take on Offaly this weekend. Again, given how much Offaly conceded against Galway, like Waterford will win the game. I'm not sure what we'll learn from it, but. They just need to get a match under their belts and try and flush that defeat out of their system.
3: Yeah, it was. They just looked like a team that probably didn't do. You know the periodization that you do to peak for the mm. right time. Got it wrong. They must have just got it wrong. Yeah, because they hadn't played for eleven weeks competitively. Austin Gleeson hadn't played for twelve because he'd missed the uh, the previous game against uh, Galway in the league, and they just looked awful it just wasn't Watford as we know them and uh, they can't score goals they've only got 13 in Derek McGrath's 14 championship games so they're really struggling to do that Offly played double sweepers against Galway and it'll be interesting to see if they do it against Watford probably won't need to quite so much because Watford don't play with so many players high up the field um, but I mean, obviously Waterford are going to win this game. Kevin Ryan, mm-hmm. Kevin Ryan is the Offaly manager, and he's against his native county, so I'm sure that's somewhat awkward. But uh, he probably feels like he's in early days trying to turn this Offaly ship around, and I'd say it will take a number of years. But they've decent hurlers, but their touch was just at times in the forward line. Joe Bergen would catch a great ball, hand it into someone coming through and uh, the touch just let them down time after time and maybe that's just not being at the physical level just yet that you're you tire and you, and your touch goes against you but it's it's impossible to make a case for awfully winning this game
0: Dublin leash is probably the tightest of them all finally before we wrap everything up
3: it would be the tightest of them all i would say if if leash weren't missing so many players um him after the game i said to Eamon kelly uh you know you've chad wire had missed that game probably their best player Ross King, their captain and their free-taker, he got sent off on a straight red card, so he's suspended. John Lennon, a forward, is out. Stephen Picky-Maher went off on crutches and his knee bandaged up. He's probably gone. Willie Dunphy is out. And even Dwayne Palmer, one of their best backs, he went off sick during the game. So he said, I might need to send a busload bus load of lads to Lourdes during the week to see if I can get them right. So Because otherwise because Dublin are so decimated by players being dropped off the panel or leaving the panel, and even four more players have left since the since the Galway game in the Leinster Championship, which nobody really knows about because nobody really pays any attention to Dublin at the moment, Like Dublin will, st- will win this game. They've got an exceptional set of backs. They're a bit light in the forwards because the likes of Mark Shute, Danny Sutcliffe, Colm Cronin aren't there. I wouldn't be shocked to see them... Throw, somebody, throw the likes of Rush up in the forward mm. line not because I think he should be in the forward line or it's his best position but because they probably think we need a bit more power up in the forward line
0: OK so you're going for Dublin Waterford, from Tip and Kilkenny mm. and we never got your prediction for the Leinster final
3: Oh yeah I think Galway will win it they look like a mean machine this year uh, they look like how Tip looked at the start of last year and I think they've taken the word hunger out of it just with their process you know the same way Dublin have in the football they just look like as things stand, they are the team to beat. They just there's nothing they don't really have, and if they win that mid late battle, which they should, they're going to get a lot of scores. Connor Whelan looks like the hurler year.
0: OK, Shane, thanks a million. As always, Shane will be back with us next Thursday. I'm not whether, sure whether it be myself or and I may be on golf duty up in Port Stewart. It is the Irish Open. That game on Sunday will be uh, covered in detail and off the ball with Tommy Walsh and Dahi Regan, the Leinster Hurling final. All over GA News Talk with Borgosh Energy, proud sponsor of the GA Hurling Under-21 Championship, bringing customers closer to the action at bgerewards.ie. We will chat to you next week. Enjoy the GA this weekend.
1: On here, goal chance for Connor
0: McGrath. Bernie. Surely give it in, Connor. Oh, what a goal. Backy heading it towards the 21-meter line. Key still going for Cat. Oh, oh what a goal. <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take some to through.
2: If you look back in sporting history, you will see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. or will in your mind at the champions who showed car. I want nothing to do with that. To be quite honest, you know, I think it's a disgrace. A little small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> Been upset, oh, nice. Donovan a look, said It's a wild effort on goal. Oh, it's oh, 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 It's Equaliser.
4: See the coppers. It might sound a little something, but damn the game, if it don't mean nothing, what is game, well, who got game, where's the game in life, behind the game, behind the game, I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game, it might
1: feel good, it might sound a little something, but the game, if it ain't saying nothing was it something i said pretend you don't see so you turn your head ray scared of his shadow doesn't matter thought of reparations got a plan with the population nothing to lose everything's approved. people even murder's an excuse. White men in their suits don't have to jump. Still a thousand and one ways to lose with the shoes. God takes care of old folks and fools. While the devil takes care of making all the rules. Folks don't even own themselves, paying them mental rent. The corporate presidents. Uh. One out of one million residents. Be a dissident. You ain't kissing it. The politics of chains and whips. Got the sick, missing chips and all the championships. What's love got to do with what you got? Don't let a win get to your head or a loss to your heart. With fear, beware, two triple, always It dead. might feel
4: good, it might sound a little something, but damn the game if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but f- the game if it ain't saying nothing. Something happening here. Yeah. What it is it? exactly there's a man with a gun over there yeah that's right (laughs) telling me I've got to be where it's time we stop children what's that sound everybody look what's going
1: down or that millennium just be killing them that's scary like lies buried in a library when did a stake pen correct anything when piles of us still be catching the bus with stacks of cats packing laundry bags. pay the preachers back but where the teachers at i ain't even gotta ask it and who's underpaid that got filed at the basket i can't blame the envy at who be getting all the benches and taking them grants for granted Last I checked, pyramids wasn't built like projects. On them government checks. <laughs> Modern day thugs ain't got no guts. Hardened expression under governor nuts. Last time in the church, be the last time in the church. Dead pledged allegiance to CDs and movies. Believe in reality, believe in fantasy. Believe in fatalities, too many formalities. Beware, is here. It might feel good, it might sound a little
4: something, but damn the game, if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game? And like, behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but f- the game, if it ain't saying nothing. She got game, we got
3: game They got game, he got game